Okay, before we get started today, I'd like to make a quick announcement. Over the last several years, I have spent a lot of time working with investors just like you, investors who have started their business, got it off the ground, got a little bit of momentum, but just don't know how to scale up from there. They don't know how to take a small business doing a deal here and there and really systemize it and scale it up in a profitable way. I have been helping people for so many years do exactly that. I did it in my own business first, and then I helped other people replicate that success in their business. And my announcement to you is that I am ready to help you do the exact same thing right now. I have developed a program that's called the Seven Figure Investor Blueprint, and it's called that because I want to take you from wherever you are in your business right now and help you ramp it up into a seven-figure profit business. You can do this. I know you've told yourself that you want to do it. And for whatever reason, it's just not working out. But I want to teach you things like how to market, to find the best deals, how to analyze those deals, how to negotiate with sellers and wholesalers to get the best possible deals how to get those deals funded, whether it's private funding, hard money lending, whatever. I want to help you understand the best way for you to fund those deals and then how to structure those deals for maximum profit. And then finally, how to build a team around you. You don't have to do everything in your business. And in fact, you shouldn't be doing everything. I don't do everything in my business and it runs really, really well. In fact, it runs better when I'm not trying to do everything. And I want to teach you exactly how to do that. All you have to do, if this sounds interesting to you, if this sounds like something that you must do in 2022 to reach your goals, go to sevenfigureinvestor.com. That's the word seven sevenfigureinvestor.com. Sign up. I want to help you this year achieve all of your business goals, but you have to go and sign up first. It's seven, the word seven, figureinvestor.com. I cannot wait to see you inside the program. We are going to do great things this year. You're going to start a convenience store, you know, candy bars and soda machines and all that sort of stuff. If you're going to do that, you're not going to sign a lease on a location, open the doors, and put a box of candy bars inside that and hope to run a business. You go out of business in two seconds. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right. Thank you for joining me on Just Our Real Estate. I appreciate you being here as always. I know there's lots of options in your life, things you can be doing, other people who are trying to get your attention. And I think it's very cool that you're here with me today. I have a, a very fun guest, a very special guest on the show today, and someone who's super passionate about laying off his boss and for you to be able to lay off your boss and retire at a young age. Maybe you retire really, really soon this year, next year, right? Make it happen. It can happen. And he is going to tell you how to do it. His name is Dustin Heiner. He quit his job when he was 37 years old by investing full-time in real estate. He is the founder of Master Passive Income and Successfully Unemployed and has become one of the leading real estate rental property experts. He wrote his first book, How to Quit Your Job with Rental Properties, which quickly became a bestseller. I hope you guys enjoy this interview because I had a lot of fun doing it. A lot of good stuff in here. So listen closely, get ready to take notes. I give you Dustin Heiner. Hey, Dustin, thanks for being here, man. I appreciate you doing this. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show. 
Absolutely, Mike. I'm pumped to be here. I, I, I just love being able to talk to people about real estate investing and what it's, it's not necessarily real estate investing in general. It's what it affords me to do in my life. You know, not work a job and be able to hang out with great people like you and just really just share how awesome real estate investing is. So I appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, great. I, I'm so excited to hear it. And I hear you, man. It's so awesome. Like in my in my former life, when I worked in the automotive industry in a cubicle and did that whole thing, the thought of in the middle of the day, like we are right now, it's a, it's 2.20 Eastern time. To be able to just sit here and have a conversation about real estate and stuff that we enjoy, it's so cool. And I'll tell you, the, probably one of the biggest benefits of, of working for myself and having my own business and having that freedom is I don't wake up to an alarm and that's just magical to me. Like <laughs> I love the fact that I'm not waking up to some, ee, ee, ee. you know, I did that for a number of years. So I'm just stoked about it. I'm really mad when I do have to wake up to an alarm, like if I'm going to the airport or something early, but uh, yeah, man, I hear you. It's great. I love talking to folks like you two who are passionate about what you do. And I know that real estate can and, and really probably should be the answer for a lot of people. So I like to demystify it. Having guys like you on to talk about it is so awesome. So let's let's do that. Let's dive in. We're, tell Just to give people context, who are you? Where'd you come from? How did you get into real estate? What pushed you in that direction? Yeah. So I love investing in real estate. In fact, um, it's just now I'll fast forward to the end when I actually quit my job when I was 37 years old. And I'll quickly go back to and tell you how I got there. But when I was 37 years old, I was able to quit my job because I had so many properties, rental properties that brought in passive income. Mm. And these properties were making a minimum of $250 or more from every single property. And those are the bare minimum. And so after so long, I was like, my goodness, even though I'm making $75,000 a year at this job, I'm losing money. I need to quit so I can make more money on my own. Now, I'll tell you, a quick story that's going to show you how it how I was catapulted into real estate investing okay. and hopefully get all your listeners an idea that this could happen to them. So let me let me walk you through what happened. So all my life growing up, I've always been entrepreneurial, you know, like business minded. I love business, but at the same time, I've always been taught, just like we all have, that we go to school, we get good grades. Yeah. Then we go to college, get good grades, get in thousands and thousands of dollars into debt, and they get a piece of paper, a good degree. You take that, you try to get a job and get a career with that piece of paper. So I'm doing that all the while. You know, growing up, I, like I said, I'm entrepreneurial. So I had businesses. Like when I was 13 years old, I had a newspaper delivery uh, route where I had bags and newspapers in there at 5 a.m., throw the newspaper and bang on garage doors <laughs> waking people up on accident. Yep. <laughs> doing that, but then also graphic website design company when I was in college, had a skateboard manufacturing business. I started a brand new convenience store and a pizzeria. And like oh. I've always been entrepreneurial, but I've always thought, because I was taught, just like we all are, to get a job, get a career and work that career. And so I was working nine to five. I got to tell you this quick story. I was working a nine to five job at in California. I was working at a county there, a local governmental agency there. And I was doing IT work, regular nine to five jobs, sit down all day working. And my wife and I started having kids. I still had you know, a couple of businesses. They weren't great, but they were businesses. And I bought one or two pro- rental properties. And I thought, man, I really should become an investor. But you know, life and everything, I just yeah. let, set it aside. Now, my wife and I had four kids. And when my wife had our fourth child, I went on paternity leave. That's where the dad stays home just after the baby's born, changes poopy diapers and mm-hmm. bonds with the baby, helps mommy and stuff, and then <laughs> goes back to work. So I was off work for about two weeks, bonding with the baby. And then on a Friday, the next week that I get back, a Friday at 3.30 in the afternoon, I get a call from my boss's 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 secretary, like the top dog. And she says, Dustin, would you please come to the boss's office? And I said, sure. 
And I hung up the phone and I paused for a second. And I thought to myself, why would they be calling me to the office? This isn't normal. And as I sit there, I'm remembering a couple months before I went on paternity leave, there were some rumors or some rumblings going on that there could potentially be layoffs in the entire county. And I immediately shook that off. I was like, no, I have so much seniority. I've been here 12, I don't know, 14 years or however long it was. Working great. My bosses know I do a great job. I get raises all the time. So I immediately shook that off. Then I get up out of my chair and I walk down the hallway to my boss's office. Now, this hallway isn't very long. In fact, it's kind of short, but every single step that I take, it feels like the hallway gets longer and longer and longer. And my feet feel like they turn into lead bricks. And as I'm walking, the world starts feeling like it's starting to come down on my shoulders because it's dawning on me. This could potentially be the time that I lose my job, that I get laid off. Yeah. Well, as I'm walking down, I turn the corner and I see my boss's door. It's closed. And I see his secretary, super sweet, nice old lady. Um, she looks at me and says, Dustin, would you please have a seat? And she's grinning at me sheepishly. She's kind of trying to console me with her eyes because she knows everything about what's going on. I know nothing yeah. about what's going on. So I go and I sit in the chair. And as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking about, oh my goodness, all this time working this job. And now I call it a J-O-B. It's a just over broke job. Yep. I'm working this just over broke job. And I went to college like, and worked you know, 13, 14 years here. And is this all a waste? All that time, money, energy, is that a waste? And then I started thinking, oh my goodness, I just had our fourth, my wife just had her fourth child. If I'm not going to be able to provide food for them or roof over our heads, does that make me a failure as a father? Does that make me a failure as a as a husband, as a man trying to provide for his family? Right. Well, as I'm sitting there, my hands get all clammy. My forehead gets all sweaty because the weight of everything is just crushing <laughs> down on me. Then the door to my boss's office opens up. And out walks a lady, a coworker of mine, with a piece of paper in her hands. She is noticeably distraught, noticeably upset, but she's not necessarily crying, but you could tell her world has totally been rocked. Yeah. And my boss, boss says, hey, Dustin, would you please come into the office? So I get into the office and I get laid off. Now, remember, this is the government. Nobody gets fired or laid off from the government, but I did. <laughs> so I take that layoff notice and I walk down the hallway back to my office and I sit there and I realize two things sitting right then and there, Mike. The first one is I need to get another job. I need to figure out a way to provide for my family. So I was really, really blessed praise the Lord, to be able to find another job in the same county, a whole nother department. It was a sheriff's department doing IT work for them. Was really, really blessed to be able to just not even get laid off. I just transferred over. That was a huge blessing. From there, sitting there in my desk, I realized the second thing. The second thing was, I need to make sure this never, ever happens to me again. And from that point forward, I realized whenever anybody asked me the question, Dustin, what do you do? I usually respond, oh, I work for the county. I do IT work at the county. But now I realize sitting in that chair, what I'm doing is I'm telling everybody my value is in my job. No, my value does not come from my job. It comes from my God, from myself, and from my family. And I realized sitting there that my value is so much more than anybody could ever pay me. Now, here's everybody listening to this. I want everybody to realize this. Your value is so much more than anybody could ever pay you. And here's how you'll know why. Your boss is paying you just enough to keep you working without quitting, but not so much money is taking money out of their pocket. So what you need to do is realize that they're not paying you for your value. So this is what I did. I realized sitting in that chair, anytime anybody would ask me the question, Dustin, what do you do? I'm not going to say I work for the county. I have a job. Remember, I I had a couple properties and I wanted to be an investor, but life just came in the way. 
I said, now I'm making the decision. It may so happen that 100% of my money comes from my job. That's now my part-time job. I'm a full-time investor. So fast forward, I started working at this new county department. I bought property after property after property, each one making me $25 a month or more in passive income. After 30 plus properties, I literally realized I don't need to work anymore. And so I'll round up the story by sharing. If you remember, um, I went to my first boss or my first boss got, laid me off. I now went to my second boss, my new boss, great boss and everything. I said, I'm laying you off. Well, jokingly, I said, I'm laying you off. And I basically gave him a two weeks notice. And I said, hey, boss, I'm done. He goes, Dustin, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't have to do anything. I have real estate. It literally works. I make passive income, works without me. And I'll give you this last little bit. So if you remember that story where I walked down the hallway and the hallway got longer and longer and longer, it was a short hallway. This last walk that I took away from my office to my car, I worked in the downtown area. So it was a mile and a half walk. I've done this walk a thousand times. It was the best walk of my life. And I knew that I would never need a job again. So I felt like I was walking on clouds because I now had so many properties. I didn't have to work ever again. And I will never, ever need to work again. And so at 37 years old, I quit my job and I'll never look back. I love it. That's a great story. And I've got a million questions. Let me go back to a minute uh, for a minute to the uh, skateboard business and the pizzeria. Yeah. How old were you when you did that stuff? Like what yeah, was the, so skateboard? the skateboard business? Yeah. Skateboarding was probably like around 19. Okay. And then 18, the pizzeria, when did you open a pizzeria? How old were you? I was 23, 24, maybe 25. I can't remember. Okay. Like okay. I remember because my wife and I got married. It was right around the time we were getting married. And the convenience store? The, when, when did that happen? So it was actually the same thing. Oh, so okay. it was a pizzeria gotcha. and it can be like a section. Yeah. Yeah. How long did sections, you do but that? Yeah. How long was, what was the run I, of that business? We had about three years and then I sold it because I was realizing that um, it was just another, it was another job in a sense where yeah. if I didn't get customers coming in, they're like mini bosses. The customers don't come in and buy products. I'm like, man, I need passive income. If I don't, they don't buy anything. I'm not yeah. making money. Yeah. So I realized that. And then I completely switched into let's do passive income now. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, you're working. Uh, you don't, and I, I sort of had a similar epiphany at one point in my business or not in my business in my, in the company that I worked for, uh, early on. And that was there went, we went through a period in the automotive industry where there was just massive layoffs. And I remember at the time, I remember thinking, I'm not, I have some experience. I have some education, but by no means am I setting myself apart. I don't have anything special. Like I don't know that I would hire me in a in an in an environment in a market where tons and tons of highly qualified people have just been laid off or let go. So I, I kind of had that same feeling. Like I need to get more control of my destiny and what happens to me. I can't just let an employer at their whim let me go and and now I'm kind of screwed. And I I like the idea of eating what you kill, which is a little bit of you know encapsulating what you just said it's it's being responsible for that now you're working at this job you're making you know $75,000 a year good income you have four kids at this point you said you just started buying property after property after property where did you find them how did you buy them like let's get into those nuts and bolts a little bit for people who are yeah, and they're sitting in their cubicle going I want to buy tons and tons of houses but <laughs> I don't have any money like what do I do so in 2006 when I first started investing I lived in California and at that time, let's just like now, prices were just going up and up. So I said, 
I can't buy here in California. I need to buy some other place where they're lower prices, yep. but I can still make passive income because that's the goal, not appreciation. Appreciation is great, but if you think about it, I'm literally creating generational wealth with these properties. I don't have to sell them. I make money whether the market goes up, the market goes down, or the market goes sideways because I invest for cash flow. Mm-hmm. So all my kids, my four kids, I'm literally going to give these properties to my kids. Now, what I decided to do was invest in Ohio, of all places. I said, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. So actually, I'll say this. <laughs> I'll tell you what I did, and it's the wrong way. Don't do, I'll, okay. I'll give you the right way, but all this right. is the wrong way that I did. Hey, I said, didn't okay. Edison say he he like, he he learned a you know thousand ways not to succeed. Thousand ways so not here you to... go. Here's lesson number one of how not to succeed. Exactly. <laughs> 100%. So I, I found an area that I had relatively lower priced homes, flew out to Ohio, and found a realtor and a property manager. And then I put them together and I bought a house and I said, here, you just run it. Because a lot of other people who teach how to invest in real estate, they'll sell, they'll tell you this. This is again, this is the wrong way. They say, you find an area of the country to invest. You find a property, you run the numbers, then you buy, you know, making sure you're making $50 a month in passive income or, you know, make sure you're breaking even because it's going to get appreciation, all that sort of stuff. Then they say, then you buy it, spend thousands of dollars down payment or whatever it might be, then you buy the house. Then you find uh, somebody to fix up the property, you know, somebody to rehab it, spend thousands of dollars doing that. Then you find a tenant, put a tenant in there, hopefully they're going to start renting it. Then you find a property manager, somebody to manage the property so you don't yep. have to. In my opinion, that's just about backwards. That's what I did my very, very first first time. And my property manager started stealing from me within six months. It was horrible. Unreal. Then I, after I realized this, I'm man, the way these other people were teaching, it just doesn't work that way. It doesn't seem to work well. And if you remember, I'm entrepreneurial. I'm, I love business. I love that idea of utilizing business sense to make money. And I thought, I'm going to approach this new business as a business, like investing. It's not like a lot of people tell you one property is your business. A property is, is a business. No, it's not. Your property is not your business. I'll, I'll tell you what, how this plays out. So way I teach and the way I do it myself, we build the business first. This is the right way. This is what I've learned now after doing it you know, thousands of times, teaching so many people. I've done this the right way. Now, the first way is if you're going to start a convenience store, I'll give you an example of what it looks like to build the business first. If you're going to start a convenience store, you know, candy bars and soda machines and all that sort of stuff. If you're going to do that, you're not going to sign a lease on a location, open the doors, and put a box of candy bars inside that and hope to run a business. You go out of business in two seconds. What you would do though, is you would make sure you can buy inventory. You have a location that you could buy inventory. Then you would get the gondolas. Those are the shelving units. You get the countertops, the cold storage, the fountain machines, the bank accounts, cash registers, insurance, all this sort of stuff before you buy any inventory. Once you have the entire business built up, then you buy the inventory and you put that into your business. Same thing with real estate investing. Like I said, other people will tell you, your one property is your business. No, no, no. We build a business that owns inventory. Your property is now your inventory that you put into the business and the business owns that inventory. So as I'm approaching this, this is what I do. This is what it looks like when you are going to invest in real estate, at least my way, the business way. We find an area of the country to invest that has a good city that has a lot of inventory potential properties that we can buy. What city were you in in, there, in Ohio? What, what city were you in, if you don't mind my asking? Youngs, Youngstown, Ohio was the very, very first one. Okay. Okay. I'm from Michigan. That's and why I'm, was, just, I'm mildly interested oh, because I'm sort of next door to you there. Got it. So Youngstown, I don't, like all my students now, I coach a lot of people. I don't encourage them to go to Youngstown because the prices are low, but it's a very economically depressed area. Really, really rough. Good amount of crime. So mm-hmm. it's, you have to really know what you're doing if you're going to invest there. Yeah. So now I point them to other areas. Now, 
what I do is I make sure I build the business by finding the right, and here's the first thing, finding the right property manager. Imagine you do this. Now, Mike, you would definitely understand this. This is what, if it's so many people tell you, do it the, op- the wrong way that I just showed you, imagine buying a house, putting thousands of dollars down in down payment or buying it, you know, cash, fixing it up another thousands and thousands of dollars, hoping to rent it out. And then you go to try to find a property manager after you're all done with all that. And nobody's going to manage the property because it's a bad area. They're like, man, I don't want to manage that. I'm going to get shot there. Yeah, That is a liability. That's mm-hmm. no longer an asset for you. Yep. And now you have to sell it. And what's good for me is bad for them, other people. But I love buying properties off of people who don't know what they're doing because they're like, just take it off my hands, Dustin. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> yeah. So with, with Youngstown, I also, and Akron and um, uh, Cleveland areas are the uh, areas that I invest in Ohio right now. Those areas were great because I started cutting my teeth on those and they're great now since then branching to Texas and Arizona, getting, you know, different markets, which is great. But what we do is we make sure we build the business. And then once that entire business is built, we find the property managers, contractors, roofers, plumbers, insurance agents, mortgage brokers. Then last thing, we find realtors and wholesalers, people to find us properties. So we get everybody in our business that's going to run our business. And then we also find people that find us properties, inventory. From there, we buy the property and then we just put our people to work, the experts on the ground. Now, you'll understand this, uh, Mike. Zillow is not an expert. Realtor.com, Trulia, Redfin, like all these websites, they are not experts. I love to invest in areas that I can hire experts. I even have like all the areas that I I invest, all the country. I get students to ask me, well, hey, Dustin, tell me about this area. I'm like, I'm not the expert. Even though I invest there, I'm not the expert. But what we do, in our business, we hire experts on the ground. And here's what a, an expert would, li- you'll know this is an expert. So if you go to a property manager and you find a property manager, you start working with them, you say, hey, property manager, I'm thinking about buying this property. What are your thoughts? How much is it going to rent for? What are the clientele like? What's the vacancy factor? All that sort of stuff. And yep. will you even manage this property? A, a property manager, a good one, that's an expert's going to say, oh, I know this area. In fact, I have a property that's right around the corner from there. We were trying to get $1,600 for this property. Zillow says $1,600, but we could not get it rented for $1,600. We got it rented for $1,400. That's the most we could get it rented for. Well, that's great information that an expert knows. Zillow is going to send you astray. Like That's a $200 that's right. taken up that you're like, oh my goodness, I thought I was going to make $1,600. Right. Now I can only make $1,400. You so build this your numbers is what we off do. of $1,600 and you can only get $1,400. That's just your profit. Right, that's your cash. There you go, absolutely. So that's what I now start doing. Started doing after I did it wrong. I said, you know what, I'm gonna. Start, so I'll give you a little because a lot of people like to know like the prices and like how financing all sort of stuff. Yeah. So I took the when we got married, my wife and I got married. Um, I took seventeen thousand dollars of our. Actually, it was her savings. I was taught not to go into debt. That's it. I wasn't taught to save. She saved. I said, hey, honey, can I take our seventeen thousand dollars and go buy a property? And so I bought our first property. Then because I'm an investor, mm-hmm. I captured equity, which means I bought it lower than the value is, yep. captured that equity, and then refinanced it, pulled my cash back out to buy the next property. I've literally refinanced my same money over and over and over and over again. Yep. Plus, I've, I've even done some creative ways like um, hard money, private money, family members. I've even done a signature loan, walk into a bank and say, hey, can you give me a line of credit? Like just basically a signature loan, mm-hmm. unsecured. And they said, sure, here you go. I use that. I've even used, and this is an advanced strategy. I use credit cards to buy properties. And the reason why I'm able to do that, like I said, it's an advanced strategy. It's because I know my business. I have a business, number one, that I know if I'm borrowing this money, how much is going to cost for me to borrow this money? Yep. Then 
I'm going to employ or deploy that or buy a property with that, that that property will now pay for that increase in payment from that, that credit card. And I'll make money in passive income. And so with that, I still have the house. I paid off the credit card. And I still make money. So that, I just threw a ton at you right now. You probably no, got that's okay. Let, let's, uh, I do want to ask a few questions, though. Y- you mentioned that I heard you say realtors was, was a, a method that you're using to find houses. But then I yes. also heard you say, and I don't know if, you're, if we're talking about you know, 12, 13 years ago or modern day or somewhere in the middle, but nowadays for people to say, I'm going to use a realtor, but I want to have equity when I buy it, buy it low, those are mutually exclusive in most areas, right? So now if someone comes to you and says, hey, I like this buying it low, you know, doing what I have to do to it, pulling my money out and going to the next one, that's, that's the burst strategy or it's great. How are you finding properties now, right now? Are you still using realtors? So I use everybody and everybody and anybody that wants to send me a property. If you remember the beginning, I said, I started telling everybody I'm an investor. Yeah. By doing that, people know me as a buyer. So wholesale, I love wholesalers. Like if I'm going to pick realtor or wholesaler, I'm going with a wholesaler every yeah. single time. Yeah. They work hard. They know that I need deals. I need to, you know, cash your equity. So they work hard. So with realtors, wholesalers, other investors, even I've had title companies send over deals, other property managers. Like I'm always looking for properties. But here's yeah. the thing. The reason, the way that I'm able to capture equity is because I put in lots of offers. Now, with a realtor, people might say, well, realtors want you to pay top dollar. I'm like, yeah, I get that. But that doesn't make sure, that doesn't mean that I have to put in whatever offer that they want me to. Yeah. If they don't want to work with me, that's totally fine. I'm okay. But here's a here's a tip I'll give to everybody. What I love to do, unless a realtor brings me a deal and I'm buying it through them, which I will, like I'm loyal to the people that bring me the deal. But if I find a deal, I'm not going to go find a realtor and then have them because I'm an investor. I could do this myself. Sure. What I do though, here's a tip. I find a property, let's say realtor.com, zillow.com or whatever. You find a property for sale on the MLS. Literally call the seller's realtor. Seller's realtor. Hey, they're going to say, hey, are you working with a realtor? I'm like, no, but I can use you if you're able to give me a little bit of discount on the price or help me out if you do that. But at the same time, what's great if you use a seller's realtor, they want to sell it to you. They're encouraged to sell to you because they're getting both sides of the commission and you can put a lower offer because they're saying, hey, if I sell, even if it's a lower offer, I'm getting both sides. So that's just one tip and one strategy to actually get properties capturing equity. Yeah, I love that. And so for the financing side of it, you're you are you still kind of all over the board using hard money, private money? You know, I don't know if you have like four hundred one k IRA if you're doing that kind of stuff. But are you just sort of all over the board with that, or do you have a preferred strategy now? So I view finding properties, funding properties, managing properties, all very similar or in the same idea or strategy. Is I figure out tools that I can use in all parts of my business, meaning. If I need to find properties, I just shared with you, you know, wholesalers, realtors, other investors, RIA groups, uh, uh, title companies. These are these are tools, basically ways for me to find properties. Same thing with financing properties, private money, hard money, uh, you know, credit cards, loans, uh, mortgage brokers, uh, private portfolio loans, bundled loans, which I've done, commercial loans. All these are different tools yeah. that I use, and I teach all my students to. Or deploy that into our property. So let's say we get a property and it's out of our reach price wise. Well, there are, let's say, 15 different. I'll give you also a quick example. So I have a video that I put on my YouTube channel, Master Passive Income YouTube channel, literally 14 different ways that I have used to finance my properties. 
But all these 14 different ways are literally tools. I've used like, let's say four different ones, like private money on one, my personal cash on another one, a little bit of hard money and mm-hmm. a, um, a regular mortgage loan. I've utilized all that for one property, but let's say that doesn't fit for another property. Let's say another property, which I've done, actually, I'm just refinancing another one. I have four properties. It's in my business name. It's a bundled commercial loan, bundle them all together. So basically, we figure out, we, as investors, we need to be problem solvers. Yep. And we need as many tools to solve those problems and implement those all together. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. And I, and I get that. I, I'm sort of just asking for the person who's sitting there going, I just want to know how to find and fund these things. I, I, I don't know how to find them. I don't know how to fund them. Like, just give me something that I can, that I can grasp onto. And I, I'm always a big fan of like, get it funded however you can. But I think private money is great because it is whatever you negotiate, right? It's not like some institutional thing that has all these rules and regulations and and fences and, and all these guardrails up. It's just whatever you and that person across the table decide is fair for each other. So that's great, obviously. Um, and it's kind of a long-term play because it's not a light switch. H- hard money, you just go there and say, this is my deal. This is what I'm buying it for. This is the ARV. And they'll look at it and go, cool. And they don't really care about you or your credit or anything oh, like yeah. that. Private money people... They may or may not care about your credit or your experience. They care about you, and it's a relationship. Exactly. Right? So if you're like, I want to get married, that doesn't happen overnight. It takes time to cultivate <laughs> that relationship, right? You're 100 percent right. Um, you know, so hard, in that scenario, hard money lenders apparently are like, you know, that you can pay them <laughs> to marry you. Apparently, um, but Correct. Also, also kidding aside, like hard money is great to start off with. I don't know if it's the long term solution. It's a great supplemental, oh, no. and it's certainly great to start. Private money is fantastic if you can find institutional money that's real, real cheap. Like you know, a lot. Of, I don't know what the limit is now for like a person, but. I think like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac used to say you get like 10 or 9 or something that they'll finance for you as investment properties. And that's great because the interest rate's super low and it's 30 years. So you should max that out for sure. And then start looking for that private money or start looking for private money right away, for, frankly, build those relationships so they can see the track record. Yeah. And so here's my suggestion. If somebody's saying, I really want to get started, there's two different ways. Number one, um, if you save over $10,000, in fact, I don't take on any coaching students that have less than $10,000 because it's really, really hard to do with with no money and low money. In fact, I mean, it's possible. It's definitely possible to do it, but it's so much harder on the person. Once you have $10,000, we have a lot of options that we can go with. So that's one, using, let's say, just $10,000 as a down payment on, let's say, a $60,000 house, which if you're listening and you live on the coastlines, yes, there still are houses that are $60,000. And so (laughs) you can buy those and still make good cash flow. But Here's another really, really good option for people who have less than that, or they don't have a lot of of money. There is an FHA loan. I know you know this, Mike. The FHA loans are fantastic. Basically, you have to live in the house for a year, and then you can move out and do whatever you want with it, but you only have to put down 3.5% down to buy the property. If you're living like on the East Coast where you can buy a house, let's say a duplex, for $100,000, you buy a duplex, that's only $3,500 out of your pocket. You live in one end and have somebody else live in the other. And then after a year, you refinance it, get that FHA mortgage out and don't have the FHA loan anymore and get into a regular mortgage. Then you buy another house with an FHA loan, another FHA loan, and then you move out of this one and then you have the duplex. Literally, So there's so many ways to do it, but those are just two quick, easy options. Totally. All right. Let me ask you one more question before we end. And then I want to talk a little bit about your your YouTube channels and some of the things you're doing. But one more question. It sounds to me like you've said it, that you're you're investing kind of all over the place. You said Texas and Arizona. I know you probably have some stuff in Ohio still. 
What about the person who would say, isn't it doesn't it make sense to focus on one area? You do become more of an expert, economies of scale, same property management company that you can manage a little easier. Why do you spread those out? So if you remember, my main goal was to quit my job, or at least I, I don't know if I said it specifically, but my main jo- main goal was to make sure nobody would take this ability to feed my family. Yeah. So I needed to make sure I'm feeding my family. So that was my main goal, to quit my job, have money coming in. So I started investing in passive income. Now, I'll quickly I'll answer your question in just a second. So what I realized was if I buy one property that makes me $250 a month in passive income, that's not working, making money, that's $3,000 a year. 10 properties is $2,000. a month. That's $30,000 a year without working. 20 Mm -hmm. properties is $5,000 a month, $60,000 a year in passive income. I just knew if I just keep scaling it, eventually I get there. Now, this is to answer your question. I knew that I need to scale my business. I need to get more and more. But once I had, and everybody's different, everybody's risk tolerance is different for me. And because I get a lot of students, well, Dustin, how do I know when to look for a new area? Said, well, your risk tolerance is going to be different than mine. But here's my perspective. You want to build, remember, like we said, we build the business. We don't want to build the business by one and then move one house and inventory and then move on to the next one. We don't want to do that. We want to build the business and get a, a bunch of properties inside that one particular business. And then when we start feeling like, oh my goodness, like we're relying on this income. And this is what happened to me. We're relying on this income from this one area. What happens if the property manager goes bad, starts stealing from us, you know, this new one, or um, like there's an earthquake and everything gets destroyed. Let's start looking at different areas. So this is what I did. Yeah, I said after I think I was going to have maybe fifteen properties in one area. I said, you know what? I need to start diversifying. And on top of that, I had plenty of time. Remember, I had a business running itself. I didn't do anything in my real estate investing business. In fact, people have heard of the book Four Hour Work Week. Well, I don't want to work four hours a week. I don't want to work four hours a month. I maybe work thirty minutes a month on all my properties by looking at the property management statements and then putting them aside to go back to playing with my kids. So what I did was after I had enough properties where I felt like this is working well, let me start building another business in a whole new area so that I can actually have a whole nother pond, a fishing pond basically to to find more properties. And then I started scaling. Now at the same time, I'm still buying properties in the first area, but I'm just building up a whole brand new area, basically two fishing ponds. Now I have three, four, five, six. And so it's just great having so many ponds, but I have people like I said from the beginning, sending me deals. I have managers already managing contractors. Like I already have everybody set up and I don't have to do anything. It's just build a whole nother business in a new area when I want to. Yeah, I love that. So it's about diversification, really. It's just don't let any one thing ruin your business, your life, your income, your family's income. I get that. Okay, so I know we talked a little bit offline before we got started here about your YouTube channels. I had some questions. I'm going to be starting one this year. Uh, Tell us about your YouTube channels and what people can find if they go there. Yeah. So I love just giving all this stuff away for free. So I have my podcast, the Master Passive Income Podcast, and my YouTube channel. It's literally just, okay, here's a topic. Let me like, I don't know, portfolio loans. Let me cover a video on that or whatever it might be. And so it's literally me, like, like I have so many people asking questions. I'm like, well, let me make a video on that. So yeah. the podcast and the YouTube channel as well. And so that's usually the way that I just love to give out as much information. And so if anybody from that point forward says, you know what? I want to learn more. I even have a free real estate investing course. You mind if I give that out to no, everybody? No, go for it. So if you want a real estate investing course that'll literally show you everything I just talked about, how to do it, build the business, make $250 a month, scale the business, you could text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give it to you absolutely for free. You can even go to masterpassiveincome.com 
forward slash free course. All one word, forward slash free course, master passive income forward slash free course. I'll literally give it to you. But yeah, it's literally, like I said, it's literally just me sharing as much information as possible with everybody because I'm just like your next door neighbor. Like it's just, I have plenty of time. I get to get on podcasts and talk to great people like you because real estate has given me 40 plus hours of my life back. And I figured how many more people can I help doing this too? I love it, man. I love it. And thanks for sharing that. I appreciate it. You guys could go, should go check that out. It's free, right? You can't beat that price. If you're price shopping for courses, that's a free one. Um, and then the, the YouTube channels, massive, I'm sorry, master passive income, Dot com on YouTube. And uh, do you want me to tell the other, you may say the other one you have two, but is, that, is the other one relevant? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I have successfully unemployed too. It's a whole nother brand. It's so where I just basically have more time. And I was like, you know what? There's a lot of great people who figured out a way to quit their job, yeah. not just real estate. Many, many, I've had uh, a lady that started a bridal store. I've had somebody that has a taco truck. I've had somebody that does online businesses all these different ways. So successfully unemployed, just look up successfully unemployed everywhere. You'll be able Love to it. find that as well. Like Podcast and YouTube channel. I like that brand successfully unemployed. That's a cool logo too, by the way. I like that successfully with the unit. I love it. I love that kind of stuff. Thanks um, man. I appreciate yeah, it. It looks, it looks fantastic. I'm looking at it going, I like that shirt. That's cool. <laughs> um, well, shoot, I'll send you one Off, offline. I'll, I'll send you one. All right. I'll take it. Cause it looks cool. I like it. Um, listen, man, Dustin, I appreciate you doing this. You've been very transparent and very helpful. And uh, it's exciting just to, he- I love talking to people who have escaped. You know, I, I always call it kind of uh, escaping the gravitational pull of a nine to five job, right? It's like, it takes some thrust. It takes a little bit of work, but anyone can really do it. And I think that uh, people allow all their, you know, uh, all their fears and fears of the unknown, fears of looking stupid and making mistakes or failing or losing money, obviously is a, is a real fear, but all these things stop them and they just aren't happy. And they're, they're just living the rest of their lives unhappy because they're afraid to take that chance. So I love it. I love talking to guys like you. Thanks for everything that you gave us. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll definitely have to have you back and see how things are going. So thank you again for doing this. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. All right. We'll see you next time. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that. It is always fun to talk to someone who has quit their job and retired through passive income and through real estate and just understanding the value of that and that it can actually happen and you can do it. So I hope you got a lot out of that. I hope you took notes and I want to see you do that this year. This is the start of 2022 and this is the year for you to make it happen. All right. We'll see you next time.